Welcome to the podcast of Maranatha Ministries. I'm Rick Frank, Senior Pastor of Maranatha, and I pray you'll be blessed by today's message. You can access all of our church information by going to our website at www.mmchurch.com or on all social media by searching at mmchurch. And now be blessed by listening to today's message. Greetings, everyone. Welcome to our online version of Maranatha. Once again, I'm going to pick up where I left off last week. We are talking about a message that I've entitled, Breaking Up Your Fallow Ground. And I'm going to read from Hosea chapter 10 and verse number 12. This is where I'm getting my text from. It says this, Sow for yourselves righteousness. Reap in mercy. Break up your fallow ground. And that's the title of my message today, part number two, Breaking Up Your Fallow Ground. Break up your fallow ground, for it is time to seek the Lord till he comes and rains righteousness on you. Listen, we may be going through a COVID-19 pandemic, and we're not in the church building, and our lives are upside down, and things are, are, are torn up, but the Bible says it is time to seek the Lord. And I believe this is as good a time, probably the best time is to seek the Lord at times like this. And so we're going to talk about breaking up our fallow ground as we seek the Lord and try to find out what the will of God is for our lives in particular. I want to read from Matthew chapter 13. I read this last week. I just want to go over it quickly again to remind us where we are. The Bible says that same day Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea. The great crowds gathered about him so that he got into a boat and sat down. And the whole crowd stood on the beach, and he told them many things in parables, saying, A sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seed fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured them. Other seeds fell on the rocky ground where they did not have much soil, and immediately they sprang up. And since they had no depth of soil, but when the sun rose, they were scorched. And since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. And other seeds fell on the good soil and produced grain, some a hundredfold, some 60, some 30. He who has ears, let him hear. I'm not going to reiterate everything I went over last week, but we talked about the, the uh, hard ground, we talked about the rocky ground, and we talked about the thorny ground. But today, in chapter 13 of Matthew and verse 23, Jesus explains the good ground. He says, what was sown on good soil is the one who hears the word and understands it. Pray that God will give you understanding for the word of God. When you get down to read your Bible, ask God to help you to understand what you're about to read so that it can speak to your spirit and to your soul. He uh, who hears the word and understands it, he indeed bears fruit and yields, in one case a hundredfold, in another sixty and another 30. So last week we did talk about the hard ground, the rocky ground, and the thorny ground, but today I want to talk about the good ground, and I want to talk about the good ground's uh, production of a hundredfold, uh, 60-fold, or 30-fold. And what is, first of all, what is a fold? What do you you mean a hundredfold, 60-fold, 30-fold? A fold is an amount. It's an amount of reproduction. And what basically we are finding out here is that, for instance, the 30-fold, the the ground that produces some 30-fold, means that it represents 
30 times its original amount. Now, that's really good if you think about it. 30 times its original amount. And yet the Bible says that there are some 60 and some 100-fold, 100 times the original amount, 60 times the original amount, 30 times the original amount. And so in that sense, the least amount here, the 30-fold, I think it's doing pretty good. 30 times the original amount, I think it's pretty good. And the truth is, is that there's really not many of us that I know personally. Uh, there may be some that I think in my mind might be. Uh, I don't know anybody personally that has proclaimed such. I don't know if you would complain, uh, uh, um, proclaim such. I know I would never proclaim this. So we don't really know anybody, I think, that would readily put ourselves into the hundredfold group, would you? Would you dare say, I'm part of the hundredfold? Surely I'm so good at what I do living for God that I'm part of the hundred. I don't feel that way about myself, and I'm just assuming that probably you don't feel that way about yourself either, proclaiming we're part of the, we're part of the hundredfold. There are those among us who I'm sure are part of the hundredfold, or Jesus wouldn't have said anything about them. Who they are right now, I'm not going to guess to say, uh, but uh, I certainly wouldn't proclaim it about myself. So um, what would you think about someone that went around saying, I'm a hundredfolder? <laughs> That's me. I- I'm, a- I'm part of the hundredfold. Uh, you might think they're uh, a little bit full of themselves, maybe. You might, you might think they got a big head. Uh, I don't know. It's, uh, the Bible says, let another man praise you and not yourself. So I don't know that any of us would go around talking about that we're part of the, the hundred and, hundredfold. Um, so probably, probably, for the most part, we would look at ourselves and say, I thank God I'm part of the 30-fold, wouldn't we? Probably. Probably most of us. Probably if I went around to people and asked them, where do you fit? Are you part of the hundredfold group, 60-fold, or 30-fold? I would dare say the majority of people you ask that question to would say, uh, uh, definitely, definitely, if anything, part of the 30-fold. Is there a 15-fold? Is what some of us might ask. But uh, so, uh, for the most part, we'd probably be pretty happy just to be represented by the 30-fold. I just want to be represented. I just want to be in the kingdom. I want to be saved. I want to go to heaven. Whether I'm part of the 160 or 30, just get me to heaven. But I do want to talk about this for a moment because I want us to understand some things about this because we easily can put this into a category of good, better, best. They're good, they're better, they're best. You know the old saying, good, better, best, never let it rest till the good gets better and the better gets best, which is not a bad thing to consider where we are living for God I'm doing the best I can, but I want to be better. I want to get better. I want to be the best I can. I don't want to be just good. I want to be the best I can. So I think for too many, this concept of I'm the least of these, um, can I be honest with you? Of course I can be honest with you. I think sometimes considering ourselves to be the least of these is an excuse for not being the best we can be. Do you hear me? Sometimes I think we fall into the trap of comparing ourselves to one another and comparing others as being better than us and being so down on ourselves with, with, with what we might refer to as humility 
and being so uh, overcome with humility uh, and uh, uh, you know, putting ourselves down and we're not as good as others, that it can sometimes become, become an excuse for not being the best we can be. Now, okay, we're a 30 percenter, but are we the best 30 percenter we can be? If we're, if we're producing 30-fold, are we really producing 30-fold? Or are we not putting the effort in? You see, because the 30-fold, if, 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 if a person belongs, in a, is represented by a field that produces 30-fold, 30-fold is the very best it can be. That's what it is. It's a 30-fold field. It produces 30 times its original amount. But if we have an attitude of, I'm no good, I'm just a little old me, and everybody else is better than me, we might find out that we're supposed to be a 30-fold field only producing 15-fold. Something to think about because of our self-defeated and uh, quote-unquote humble attitude. And so I think sometimes that when we consider ourselves to be the least of these, sometimes we do, sometimes we feel like we're the least in the kingdom, and we feel like we're the least of these, and it, become, it, it, it can become an excuse for not being not only our very, very best, but uh, the best that Jesus knows we can be. Jesus knows what you're capable of, and he knows your potential. And sometimes our <clears throat> humility can cause us to not be the very best we can be and to be the very best that Jesus knows we can be. So what do I mean by that? Well, since we're not in the hundredfold and we're not even, even possibly in the sixtyfold, we end up not being a very good thirtyfold. <laughs> Because of our feelings of worthlessness. That's what I'm really trying to say. Our feelings of worthlessness helps us to not even be a very good 30-fold. Listen to me for one moment. Listen carefully. Quit comparing yourself to others. Stop comparing who you are to them or to him or to her. Stop doing that. Compare yourself to who Jesus said you can be and who Jesus said you should be. Quit comparing yourself to others, whether good or bad. Don't do it. Now, listen to what Jesus said about himself. This is what's interesting. This is a very interesting story here when you think about this because I want to show you what Jesus really thinks about you. This is what he said. In Matthew chapter 25, he said, the king will say to those on his right hand, notice he said, the king the king. Jesus is the king. He's going to say to those on his right hand, come you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Why can we come and, and enjoy the kingdom that God's prepared for us? Well, he said, because I was hungry and you gave me food. The king said this. The king was hungry, you gave him food. He said, I was thirsty and you gave me drink. And then he said, uh, I was a stranger and you took me in. And I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. And the righteous will answer him and they'll say, Lord, when did we see you hungry? The king. When did we see the king hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and take you in or naked and clothe you? Or when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And the king, the king, will answer and say to them, Assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did it to one of the least 
of these, my brethren, you did it to me. What's he saying here? Well, of course, he's saying we should treat everybody equally. But listen to the little story within the story here, because the king is saying, I am the least of these, the king. I am the one in prison. I am the one hungry. I am the one destitute. I am the one lonely. I am the one that's the, that's the, that, that everybody else ignores. The king said, that's me. Jesus is represented in you no matter who you are, who you think you are, how low you think you are, or how no good you think you are. You are represented by Jesus Christ in this story. He said, I'm the king, and when you do this to the least of these, you're doing it to me. Don't tell me you're no good. Don't tell me you got nothing to offer. Don't tell me everybody else is better than you. You have got something to offer God because Jesus said, I am represented in you. Thirtyfold, is that who you are? Be the very best thirtyfold you can possibly be. Don't get down because somebody else is a sixtyfold. Don't get down because somebody else's talents are greater than yours, because somebody else's brain is better than yours, because somebody else's intellect is greater than yours, because someone else's ability is more than yours. Don't you get down on yourself to where you don't even produce the 30-fold that Jesus said you can produce. You be the very best you can be at what God's given you to do. And what we have to stop doing is comparing ourselves to each other and compare ourselves to what Jesus Christ made us to be. Am I living up to what God said I could be? Not am I living up to their standard. Not am I living up to his standard. Not am I as good as them. Am I as good as what Jesus said I can be? That's the question to ask. That's the question to answer. So I want to ask you this. What's your excuse for not serving God to your full potential? What's your excuse for not serving God to your full potential? And I don't care if someone else has more potential than you. What's your potential? And are you living up to it? Jesus, help me to live up to my potential. Help me to be the person you created me to be. And if I am represented by the good ground that produces 30-fold, then help me to produce the whole 30-fold and not be so down on myself that I only produce 25 or 20-fold. Help me to be the very best I am capable of being. What I'm trying to say is that sometimes because we can't do or produce what someone else can, we sometimes decide not to produce anything. And we just come in like we're no good and we're lowly and God help us. And I'm here to tell you, you have something to offer God. You have something that you can offer the church. You have something that you can offer this world. And just because it's not as much as someone else doesn't mean what you have to offer doesn't matter. Don't you ever forget that. Just because you don't have as much to offer as somebody else doesn't mean what you have to offer doesn't matter. Be the very best you can be. Let me read a verse of Scripture. Let me wrap this up here by reading this verse of Scripture from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, because this is how it sometimes is. It's how it is sometimes. We look around at the body of Christ. See, all of us put together, we make up the body of Christ. And we determine that some people have got very important roles, and my role just doesn't matter. Listen to what the Apostle Paul wrote. And he said this to the Corinthian church in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 
He said, if the foot, the foot, says, I am not part of the body because I'm not a hand. (laughs) That does not make it any less part of the body. Huh? Did you hear that? The foot says, I'm not of the body because I'm not the hand. The hand does all the work. Well, who carries the hand over to get the work done? It's the foot. And the foot says, I'm not part of the body because I'm not a hand. Paul said, is it any less a part of the body? And if the ear says, I'm not part of the body because I'm not an eye, would that make it any less a part of the body? Are you seeing what I'm saying here? And do you see where the apostle's going with this? For the body to function, it needs every part of it. It needs every bit of it. Not just the the stuff that everybody sees. Not just the the stuff that, that, that seems to be doing all the work. It needs the whole body to work together. He said, if the ear says, I'm not part of the body because I'm not an eye, would that make it any less a part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? We were all that guy. How would anything else get done? If your whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? I'm reading from 1 Corinthians chapter 12. How would you smell anything? He said, but our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants it. He put you right where he wants you. Be the very best you can be for Almighty God. He has put each part where he wants it. Verse 19, how strange a body would it be if it only had one part? Imagine <laughs> just a foot walking around here. How strange would that be if it just had one part? Yes, he said in verse 20, there are many parts There are fields that produce a hundredfold. There are fields that produce 60-fold. There are fields that produce 30-fold. There are many parts, he said. uh, 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 There are many parts, but there's only one body. One body. And so the eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. Because my eye looks down and says, I need to pick that up. I'm not picking it up with an eyeball. I might see what needs to be picked up, but the eyeball ain't picking nothing up. All of a sudden, the hand comes into play, and the hand can do what the eye can't do. You see, it all works together here. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head, the hundredfold group, can't say to the feet, the thirtyfold group, I don't need you. (laughs) It's awesome, isn't it? Isn't it a beautiful thing? how God put us together so perfectly and how the devil and the flesh tries to make us not do our part because we feel so bad about ourselves, so so worthless, so so like what matters? I'm not as good as anybody. I got nothing to offer. Oh, yes, you do, my friend. You've got something to offer. I can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. And then in verse 22, he said this, and boy, do I love this verse right here. This is is 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 22. He said, in fact, some parts of the body that seem the weakest and the least important are actually 
the most necessary. That's what he said. Verse 22. In fact, some parts of the body, I'm not going to go into detail here, but think about it. Some parts of the body that seem the weakest and the least important are actually the most necessary. You know, there are parts of my body that you never, I've never seen them, ever. Why? Because they're inside. They're unseen. And yet without them, I couldn't function. How far are you going to go without your heart? If your heart stopped beating, how far are you going to go? About one more step? And yet none of us ever look, wow, look at, the, look at the strength of that heart. Nobody even mentions their heart. They'll look at people, look how beautiful she is, or look how handsome he is, or look how strong they are. They never say, wow, what a, what a healthy heart. The heart gets no recognition. And yet without it, the body can't function. Paul said some parts of the body that seem the weakest and the least important are actually the most necessary. And so I close today by saying this. Be the best you can be. Be the very best you can be. What your hands find to do, the Bible said, do it with your might. This job isn't as important as his job. It's important to God or you wouldn't have it. Do it with your might. It doesn't matter if you're better than someone else or worse than someone else. It doesn't matter if someone's got more talent than you or less talent than you. The question to answer is, am I using my talents to the best of my ability? Be the best you can be. And so let me wrap this up by saying this. If you're represented in this story by the hard ground that we talked about last week, why don't you just let a little tiny crack open up where God can put a seed in there and see what might grow? Just one seed. Just open up enough to put one seed in there. If you're represented by the, by the rocky, stony ground, why don't you start moving some of the stones and pushing them out of the way to see if some roots of God's Word can get down into that soil and begin to grow in your life? And if you're represented by the thorny ground, why don't you stop and look around at your life and see what kind of thorns are choking out that, that, that life of God that's trying to grow in you? Why don't you see what's, what's, uh, what, what has uh, distracted you, uh, what, what has pulled all your energy towards, whereas God has been let go of? Why don't you tear those thorns down, pull those things out, and start living for God like you know you should? And finally, if you're represented by the good ground, and you're part of the 30-fold, why don't you determine to be the very best 30-fold plot of ground Jesus ever had? And if you're represented by the 60-fold, why don't you determine to be the best 60-fold plot of ground Jesus ever had? And if you might be one that's represented by the 100-fold, why don't you not settle for 99-fold? Give it 100. Can you say amen? Let's ask Jesus to help us be the very best we can be. Oh, Lord, I pray by your Spirit, help me to break up my fallow ground, all of the ground that's become hard in my life, all of the things, Lord Jesus, that I've let get in the way, all of the things that I've let hinder me from being the very best I can be for you and allowing you to use me with my, in my very best capacity. I repent, Lord God, for thinking that I'm worthless you died for me. You shed your blood to purchase my salvation. Surely, Lord God, you purchased me 
to do a work for you. Help us all, whether we're in the building or out of the building, whether we're holding church services or we're all locked up in our homes, help us all to be used by you and to be the very best you created us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Maranatha Ministries podcast. If this message touched you, please make sure to subscribe for more sermons from Pastor Frank and the ministry team here at Maranatha, as well as follow us on our social media platforms. We are located in Schenectady, New York, and if you are in the area, we invite you to join us during our weekly Sunday service starting at 10.30 a.m. We look forward to you joining us again next week for another anointed message. Thank you, and God bless.